The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Kurt, and welcome back to Farlands or Bust, episode 552, starting off with a bit of a delay, thanks to Wolfie here, deciding to just pant pant instead of woof woof, you need to woof woof to start the episode. That's right, I wait for Wolfie to woof before we start the episode, uh, and sometimes he takes quite a while like that, but that's all right. Because uh, we've got quite a ways to go as he's pushing us. He's like, well, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been waiting for you, my friend. Uh, <laughs> we've got quite a long ways to go to those far lands. Here in episode 552 on a Saturday, January 16th, 2016. <laughs> That's a creeper. That is indeed a creeper. Oh, he's going to blow up. <sighs> okay, that's fine. Everybody calm down. We're just uh, running around here and uh, trying to find a, a simple simple way. I wanted this skeleton residue. Ooh, look at all this skeleton residue! Don't mind if I do. But, uh, alright. We, we, we only have room for one companion on this trip, Mr. Creeper. So, uh, we're just gonna keep on walking. Yep. Have fun! You found a beach! He's so happy he found a beach. Beach, 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 beach. <laughs> Wow, he's just jumping there forever. Yep. This is like when you're behind somebody in the left turn lane and your turn signals synchronize momentarily. Except I think this is going to happen forever. Well, the Wolfie's like, all right, we've 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 made the joke. Let's continue on. And we will continue on. Like I said, Saturday, January 16th, 2016, up to $21,069. $69. All right. Raised for Child's Play Charity over at farlandsorbust.com. Trying to reach $60,000 for Season 6 here of Farlands or Bust. And I appreciate the continued support. And the continued uh, support for Child's Play Charity, obviously. Helping get toys, books, games to kids in hospitals around the world. The uh, support for Farlands or Bust. And the questions given during those donations, with those donations. Uh, give me things to talk about. Topics for which to discuss during this long, nearly unending journey to the far lands of Minecraft Beta 1.7.3, the last version of the game that included the far lands, which is why we continue to play in it. Ooh, and uh, it's also, you know, I guess another reason is we're enjoying all this neat Minecraft Beta terrain generation that we don't get anymore in uh, the current slice the current versions of Minecraft. Wolfie, I sliced. Whoa! Alright, perhaps this one. Get sliced! Get Wolfied! There we go. Uh, what was I saying? I was saying something, but now I forgot. Oh well. Because we're continuing on. <laughs> we are continuing on indeed. Oh yeah, the terrain generation. You know, neat little features like this. It's either in the current versions of the game, if there's like, if there's a hill, there's gonna be, it's a hill biome, so there's gonna be a whole bunch of hills. Uh, but like, this is just completely random. And, you know, there's a little hill over there, but just right here, oh, boop, just a little hill. Just because, it'd be a nice place, you know. 
It's not overwhelming. It's not imposing or or or, or massive. It's just boop, nice nice little hill, nice place to put a, a house on top of or something. In, enjoy the scenery. Have a little quaint abode if you would like, or like me, you just see it, mention it, walk by it, never to see it again. <laughs> That's the way we play the game. Indeed. So, what's new? Uh, I'm recording this on a Friday, and this morning I woke up and there was a spacewalk happening on the International Space Station that uh, had to be cancelled uh, mid-spacewalk. They were like four hours into the spacewalk. They had already done their primary task to restore some sort of uh, power something or other on the external uh, portions of the station. Uh, two astronauts, both named Tim, which is very confusing, and uh, one of them started to experience a water leak in their helmet, which happened before... And uh, that right there, just this, the mere mention of water in the helmet uh, was enough to uh, to trip the uh, the safety, the very strict safety standards of any spacewalk and uh, a return to the airlock immediately. Uh, it happened before with, uh, I think it was an Italian uh, astronaut, Luca something. He's Astro Luca on, on Twitter. Uh, I'm not... 100% sure of his full name, but water started to pool and, and uh, fill his helmet almost and, and getting in his in his eyes and stuff and, and mess with his ability to, to see, uh, which is a, a huge problem. And uh, essentially, these spacesuits have water cooling, if you can think of it like water cooling in a computer. Uh, they have water cooling that goes, uh, you know, it... it pipes cool water around the astronaut's body uh, and then it, there's obviously like a, a radiator or a little circulate circulation thing going on uh, and uh, there was a leak in that I guess and uh, it started to enter the helmet uh, there's also a drinkable water source uh, but I think it was the uh, the coolant water source that that caused the leak and and uh, still not sure. Yeah, the astronauts, uh, both both uh, the Italian astronaut back in 2013 and, and the astronaut today, are totally fine. It was a non-emergency uh, cancellation of the spacewalk. Ow! And, uh, you know, everybody returned fine. They, they took samples of the water and measured the water. It was a lot less water than there was in the, uh, the previous... Occurrence, so they'll they'll investigate the problem there. But yeah, there's a seal or, or some sort of problem where it would start to pool in the helmet so much so that they now wear actually water absorbent pads in their helmet, uh, and they also have a a snorkel in case any really sort of disaster were to happen and the astronaut couldn't breathe. Uh, there's a there's now a snorkel in the helmet uh, that. Uh, an astronaut could could breathe through if 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 it came to that, which is a weird thing. You go to space, uh, do a spacewalk. You don't expect to drown, but uh, there are so, all, all, so many moving parts and complications and, and very intricate dangers. You know, inches outside of the spacesuit and uh, things can happen. But everything's fine there. Like I said, they they achieved the the objective of the spacewalk. Normally, when they put an astronaut outside on EVA, 
um, you know, it's not just one singular task. They're like, well, since you're doing this, that's the main objective. We'll get that over with first. Uh, but, but while you're out there, we do have a few other things. So they normally add to make it worth the time to be out there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, kind of interesting stuff. Uh, there was definitely some... They have cameras on the mission control Houston, but then also cameras on the astronauts and stuff. And mission control, there were, you know, a lot of people were standing up. A little bit of... There was definite... Anticipation and, and and nervousness there. Maybe not nervousness, but just oh, this is this is not a nominal thing. Let's get this situation handled. So there, a little bit of heightened uh, awareness going on there. They have everything. They got everything figured out. Figured out indeed. Also, this weekend on Sunday, I believe, SpaceX is going to be launching out of California their last Falcon 9 of the old design. Uh, the latest Falcon 9 that launched and then landed back at Kennedy, or I'm sorry, uh, Cape Canaveral, uh, was a newer design, the version 2. Uh, this is the last of the older designs are going to be launching out of Vandenberg on the west coast in California. And they're actually going to attempt, uh, even though they've obviously stuck the landing back at home, back at the, uh, the landing site, uh, they're going to attempt once again to land... All right, I need to get off. Speaking of hills, I need to get off this hill safely. They're going to attempt to land back on the, the floating barge. The floating barge they're going to attempt again. Um, whoa! Dang it, Wolfie. <laughs> that was a, that was quite the fall there. Ow! As was that. Finally took that half a heart. Ow! Oh, there's the other half. <laughs> oh my god. What's going on? We're not sticking the landings, that's for sure. Let's uh, Let's get over to this kind of open beach here. Let's sit Wolfie down and feed him to get his health back up. I don't think I have anything to feed myself. Yep, there you are. Have a seat. Yeah, you. Boop. Let's keep an eye on my hearts. Make sure I don't accidentally eat these Wolfie treats. I didn't. Alright, so let's let's make an elevated hidey hole. So yeah, I'm looking forward. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it, but uh, an interesting launch again for SpaceX. See if they can land on a barge. Which could be interesting for that first stage, the old stage of the Falcon 9. But yeah, there's some space news for you. Let's go to sleep, and in the morning we'll continue with donor questions to Child's Play Charity. And awakeness. And a continuing on this. Now I really need some pigness. We need some pigness because we're out of pigs. As you can see, we're out of pigs. That's a chicken. Yep, you're a chicken, not a pig. So here's a question from Jinglestog. Jinglestog asks I know you're not the biggest of racing fans. I like racing, I like cars, but I'm not like actively following series, I guess is what you mean. You're not the biggest of racing fans, but if you could go back to any race in history, what would it be? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. That, that's what I'm, uh, I like. I enjoy the the idea of racing and stuff, but I don't know anything about like the history of racing or great races of of all time or anything like that. So I'm going to bow out of that question just because I don't have enough of a a, a breadth of knowledge. To know any good races of the past. 
But the next uh, question here I can answer. Maybe you've shared your opinion before, but what is your opinion of Keurig coffee? Those little cups. Those little predetermined cups of, of, of coffee. Horrific tasting cup of joe or decent way to get your fix quickly? Well, the problem, the problem with the way that question is framed is that you're talking about getting the fix quickly. I don't drink coffee for a fix. I think I mentioned this in the last episode. I don't even think, or or maybe I just uh, I, I'm 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 dead to the uh, to the uh, to to the the, the effects. Uh, but I don't drink coffee for like energy. I mean, if I don't drink coffee, then yeah, I'll probably get tired in the day earlier, you know, at like 4 p.m. or whatever. I might feel a little bit lethargic, but I don't need coffee. Like, oh, I need my coffee. It's more of just kind of a a nice kind of... what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, practice, not habit. Not habit is the wrong word, because then again that sounds like the fixed thing. It's just a routine. It's a nice routine. Uh, doing a little bit of, like chemistry there in the morning, uh, and it's more for like the taste and, and the to have a hot beverage in the morning is nice, and uh, yeah, it's less about getting my fix. So right away you can probably guess my answer. Uh, if you are just getting a fix, maybe it's fine, but overall, it's a terrible cup of coffee that you're getting. Your base, I don't even know how it theoretically works. Isn't it like a liquid that's in those cups? It's like a concentrate. A coffee concentrate that then gets water passed through it and into your cup. And it's it's old. <laughs> it's like pre-brewed-ish, isn't it, sort of? And, uh, or not. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's... It, it, I would not recommend. And now, of course, they, they start to use DRM so that you can't use third-party cups in, in the latest coffee makers. Uh, they use like a DRM system, and uh, it's not a not a company I would personally support. And uh, I, I it, it I don't see how it really saves anybody any time. It's not you know you can have oh well maybe I just want a cup of coffee and not a whole pot. Well then get a a small uh, pour over a small Hario uh, pour over. You could do a cut. You could literally—it's a cone that you put literally on the cup that you're going to use. Uh, you got your your ground beans, and you just pour water through it. it takes about three minutes, and uh, there you're set. If you just want a cup, so yeah, there are many, many, many cheaper, many, many, many more higher quality uh, options, and uh, I could not do more to. Uh, Ooh, to dissuade. That guy just popped <laughs> to dissuade everybody. Oops, I ate that. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I guess I'm back up to health. Uh, dissuade folks against using those Keurig cups. I mean, filter regular drip coffee out of like a coffee maker is, is probably better than uh, than Keurig things. And, and it's that's, you know, still a little bit below the quality you can expect elsewhere. Am I a coffee snob? Maybe a little bit. Not too much, though. But, yeah, I don't... I would not recommend such things as those. I mean, even if 
I haven't tried it, but there's also the uh, Aeropress, which seems interesting. It's almost like a travel type of thing that you can make. Uh, almost espresso out of it. It comes out really strong, doesn't it? But I've never tried that. I've only I've only made via uh, the French press, which is a strong cup of coffee. French press, uh, then I did the Chemex uh, until I broke it, <laughs> and then I went to the Hario uh, pour-over V60 spirally thingamabob, which is pretty much very similar to a Chemex, but a little bit different. And and that that's what I've been going with uh, lately, and it's been working out all right. All right, Indy. Actually, this reminds me, I do need to order more coffee. Dang it! Ran out. And now I need to order more. I have like a backup bag of like grocery store coffee, like the $6 stuff you find at the grocery store. Not very good, but it's kind of my, oh, I'm out of coffee. I need to order some from somewhere else and it's going to take a few days. It's going to take a few days because pink sheep, pink sheep, pink sheep. Got a little bit of a pink sheep dry spell there. Oh, uh, the pink sheep. Pink sheep. <laughs> We've been making signs for the pink sheep. Oops. So don't mind if I do. Episode 552. On uh, 11616. Where are you going, pink sheep? Don't hurt yourself. Pink sheep. Of uh, one sixteen, sixteen episode five fifty two. Uh, what should we? Keurig bad, very bad. <laughs> We've got some uh, anti advertising going on here in the far lands of Bust World. All right, let's let's grab this if pink sheep's wool. Uh, history has proven that we get two wool each pink sheep. Ooh, this guy, that was a wise investment. Three pink sheep wool there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good times, good times indeed. I have no idea why I'm collecting the pink sheep. It's become a compulsion of mine. Uh, let's also get some white wool, I guess, while we're here. I'll, I'll make sure the pink sheep fits in with his friends and comrades. Yoink. All right. I also need some uh, planks as well, I've noticed. So we'll uh, see the next... That, that tree over there is kind of big. Let's see the next smaller tree we can chop down. But yeah, Jingle Stog, thanks for the donation to Child's Play Charity. And the question? This one from unnamed donor, Anonymous. What is your favorite space movie? Oh, this would have been a good question to answer uh, last episode when I was talking about movies. My favorites, The Martian, Interstellar, Apollo 13, all the Star Wars, and then Hitchhiker. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have a favorite. Definitely, definitely uh, The Martian. For like realism, definitely Apollo 13 for historic realism. Interstellar was good. 
For that, I don't feel... Yeah, I don't know. There's That was like less... There was a lot of space obviously going on, but it feels like that was less about the space and more about the saving the world and the time travel, the wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey stuff. Uh, so... Maybe... Oh, oh, uh, Europa Report. Again, for like realistic near-future space travel, but also just like a really well-done storyline, especially for such a low-budget kind of independent sci-fi film. Definitely Europa Report. Uh, Moon, Moon was pretty good, too. Moon was one of those kind of different space opera type of uh, thriller type type of thing. Moon uh, with... Uh, I've forgotten his name. Uh, was like the only actor in it. Uh, so yeah, Moon was pretty good too. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I can't say like 100% this one top of the list is my favorite. Because uh, that's not something I do. For those of you who ask questions recently, uh, or frequently, excuse me, or have been around, that you know, what's your favorite type of pizza? What's... I Finding favorites is... I don't play favorites. Every, everybody is, is, is okay on my list. So yeah. Neat stuff indeed. Woof. It's a pink sheep episode. Pink sheep episode. Uh, let's go through here. That was, uh... That was fun. <laughs> Going through the tunnel. Good times indeed. Alright, let's make an elevated hidey hole here. Ooh, I'm running out of dirt as well. Uh, elevated hidey hole. Let's also whoop, let's whoop, let's get some of that dirt that I doth require. And sleep away the night and continue in the morning. Boop and boop. <laughs> and awakeness. Wait, which way am I facing? I'm... Oh, the compass. Pay attention to the compass. Woof. Wolfie agrees. And a compassness. Compassitude. Spoiter. Uh, whoa, that's a big old tree. It's like, got four main branches coming off of it. I can count. So, what else do we got here? Scooby. Scooby asks, what are your thoughts on quantum computing? A wonder machine that will improve the way of life? I thought that was another pink sheep. It's a pig. Uh, or a highly unstable, possibly black hole-inducing desk ordainment. I don't know much to anything about quantum computing. I uh, could have perhaps looked up the Wikipedia article or something beforehand to try to understand it, but I don't know. It, I mean, I'm all for pushing technological envelopes. Uh, I don't think we're worried about quantum computers causing black holes or anything, are we? Uh, I mean, it's not the same the 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 CERN super collider scare about it creating a black hole that's going to envelop the earth not possible so yeah wolfie knows wolfie of all people knows but yeah i mean i'm assuming it's just like a way to have crazy 
infinitely fast and powerful computers or something, right? Perhaps you'll have to let me know in the comments. You can you can educate me a thing or two about quantum computing. I know it's all very whoop, experimental and non-existent yet. I, I, I see headlines every now and again about oh this company or, or this or blah 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 this science place or whatever science place <laughs> science place uh, is is this much closer to, to making a quantum computer or blah 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 quantum uh, uh, resistors or capacitors or you know I don't I don't know what all goes into it but uh, I mean I, I I don't see why we wouldn't explore that sort of stuff. There's only so far and so small and so uh, so much that standard materials that go into current computers can can go. I'm sure there's a you know I, I think one of the art articles is that that uh, whatever that rule is that says computing doubles in speed every so often. Uh, I think that's actually slowed down and, and not been true the last decade or so. Uh, there are there are limits to you know whatever size nanometers a, a processor thing can get or whatever. So I don't know if that quantum computing is that what that uh, addresses is the size situation. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I honestly uh, I've never looked into it. I mean I, I know that's kind of terrible of me as a as as somebody who's doing this commentary podcasty question answery thing. But uh, maybe it's also a good thing. I'm letting you know that I don't know. It's not. It's okay not to know. Um, it's okay to know and and whatever. But uh, yeah. Eh, well, I mean, I've heard the term before. <laughs> I've I've seen those words in that arrangement before. So you got to give me credit for that. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, thanks for the the donation and the the very technical very. You give me more credit than than than, than I deserve, I guess. <laughs> uh, question there, Scooby. The Quiet Nerd again now asking about favorites. Almost falling into there. Do you have a favorite XO planet? If so, which one and why? Uh, no. Also no. Because I don't know, we don't know, and nobody knows much about them other than, say, their size, their star, their orbit, habitable zone or not. Um, the majority of the time, we can't even tell if they're solid or gaseous planets, uh, specifically the ones that are lower mass, Earth-ish mass ones. So, and, and also, they're not really named. <laughs> they have weird names based on the star they're around, so like HD-487 dash A or B or C. Well, A would be the star. So B, C, or D or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, there's the, the t things that make the headlines like, oh, astronomers have found a, a, an Earth-sized planet in the habitable zone and the Goldilocks zone of, of this, the, this, 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 and it's Kepler-487b, uh, you know, whatever it's going to be. Uh, but, like, we really can't tell. Like, we really can't come to definite conclusions just based on what limited information we have. Uh, certainly larger telescopes, more um, equipment, space telescopes, ground telescopes that can start to further define uh, 
these these objects would be great but yeah i don't i don't even know i couldn't even like i said i'm just spouting off numbers if if any of those numbers meant anything as far as exoplanets were concerned i i assure you it is it is completely accidental i don't i don't have any uh, exoplanets uh, struck to memory but it is a very if not one of the most interesting areas of 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 scientific astronomical inquiry in the last 10 years 15 years even uh 20 years ago the mid 90s we didn't have any proof <laughs> we didn't have any way to detect uh it might have been early 90s yeah i'm not sure when the first exoplanet was discovered off the top of my head but you know within my lifetime we've gone from having the only planets known in the universe being the ones within our own solar system to now we have thousands and thousands and thousands of of exoplanets around other planets uh, we can see the uh, stars that are forming we detect their their planetary disks that uh, will eventually coalesce into actual planets uh, we we can tell the size we know how many are earth quote unquote Earth-sized, you know, within two or three masses of Earth. Uh, we know which ones are within potential habitable zones of their stars where liquid water could exist. So it's a complete, you know, within even my little blip of, of a span uh, on, on the Earth I have gone from zero to, you know, 7,000 or whatever. I imagine in another 30 years what sort of stuff we can figure out. So yeah, that's certainly one of the more interesting, to me, areas of, of scientific exploration, knowledge, and whatnot. And perhaps these, perhaps these uh, quantum computers can, can, can do a better job of finding and classifying these objects out there. Am I right or am I right? Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of planets, a, an anonymous donor asks, Ethically speaking, do you think preserving the natural environment should take precedence over our development and use of planets and moons? I've addressed this before. It's kind of a tough one. Particu I see the argument with Mars, since we already know that there's been liquid water and favorable environment on Mars. We don't want to go, certainly before we, we have a chance to sift through and try to find these, these uh, perhaps what could be living organisms currently or, or the, the evidence, the, the fossils of them. We don't want to go messing that up because that's a very, again, that's another very important scientific thing to understand um is how if if you know how how uh, common life is in the universe being able to find it right next door would certainly tilt the uh, scales in the other direction of what we currently know uh, so yeah I, I for that i don't know if that that that's what you mean by ethically speaking that's kind of scientifically speaking you don't want to you don't want to uh, contaminate the uh, the lab, I guess, the lab being Mars. Um, but but at the same time, you know, alternately, let's say we, we come to a determination, yes or no, 
uh, on that that front. Would colonizing, would to the degree of even uh, terraforming Mars or another planet cause ethical quandaries? Uh, a lot of people might say, oh, well, it's not a natural process. It, you know, Mars lost its atmosphere and has been this way naturally before man was even a thing on Earth. So we don't have any right to go and change Mars to another Earth. But then again, there's the argument that I personally subscribe to that, well, uh, sure, we're humans. We, we tend to put ourselves like above nature, like we're something separate. But we are a product of the natural processes here on Earth. We are, uh, you know, to the extent we are, st we are made of star stuff. And we are the universe becoming self-aware of its self. <laughs> So, isn't the the colonization, the exploration, the, the perhaps potential settling of other worlds a natural process in and of itself, of an organism from one planet to a new, whoa, to another? Uh, so that's kind of what I subscribe to. But yeah, we would certainly want to not contaminate any of our potential science leading up to that point. Uh, for our, as for the moon, I don't think the moon has anything to give us on that regard as far as life and whatever. I think we kind of, I mean, there's always stuff to learn, but I think we kind of got a pretty good lockdown on what the moon is, how it came to be, the role it played in Earth's formation. Uh, so I certainly could see the moon being a good place to test the, the colonization, the the long-term stay. We obviously can't terraform the moon, but we can we can set up some space tents and uh, space labs and long-term housing, I suppose, <laughs> affordable housing, <laughs> and uh, set up set up a nice uh, real estate uh, agency. So yeah, moons. Yeah, our moon in particular. I, I would be all right do, doing as we will there. Um, you know. Other moons, your Europas or whatever, your uh, potentially habited, inhabited, or past habited uh, moons. Who, who, who splashed so much? Is Wolfie? Did I sit down, Wolfie? Oh, it's chickens. Did I sit down, Wolfie? That's a sheep. Yeah, I did. All right. Well, Wolfie's fine. He's dang sheep. Let's give Wolfie a little bit of space there. All right, back downstairs. Dang sheep. You're trying to count the cheap to go to sleep, not get splashed upon. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, that's always that's kind of a tough one. Also, at the same time, we don't want to use the potential habitability of another planet as like an excuse. Well, we don't really need to take care of our planet because Mars is right there. We could turn that to, to Earth or whatever. Uh, no, no, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Earth for. For the distant and per perhaps forever future is going to be the one place where we can really uh, exist. So maybe we should take care of this. Uh, and, and these other places might just be colonies, extensions. Uh, there, there should always be a focus on preserving this planet from from whence we came. And uh, from whence we came was 552 episodes ago. Well, 541 episodes ago, technically, since we left on episode 11, our spawn point here in Farlands Bust. And I appreciate you for uh, following along for 
however long you've been with me on this journey. Keep going to farlandsandbus.com to keep donating to Child's Play Charity. Trying to raise that $60,000 goal, at which is when we finally hold the Flobathon Live 3... Live 3 Thalabrathon! Where I finally press F3 to find out how far we've walked in this season. And uh, then we continue on, as we do. So thank you so much for watching. Everybody have a good weekend. My name is Kurt. I will see you next time. Keurig bad. Very bad.